Hello, I'm Ramey. And I'm Beth. And this is Brother Nurse Quest, the podcast where I, your host, introduce my sister to the wonderful world of tabletop role-playing games. Uh, Beth, do you remember what we're talking about today? Um, it's something that adds on to what we were talking about last time. Yes. There was either Chupacabra or something. There was two other options that I picked. I forgot what they were. Okay, it's this. Oh, look, I actually get my own copy this time. Yeah, I have a physical copy. Tiny Wastelands. Yes, yes, it's Tiny Wastelands. Another one of the Tiny D6 books. It's written by Alan Berrigan. And Tiny D6, I haven't been saying this because I didn't notice it, but it's based on a game called uh, The Game Tiny Dungeons by Brandon McFadden. Sorry. And Smoking Salamander Games. This one is also Tiny Wastelands. is published by Galleon Night Games. It is about... A little over 185 pages long. It has a whole bunch of micro settings in it. I like those. Actually, the micro settings go from page 80 to 185. What's an enclave card? Okay. Uh, this is one of the few games. You can buy a deck of cards. Uh, we're not going to cover much about the cards. You don't absolutely have to have them, but they are handy. I bought them, and they're fairly cheap. They're just like a stack of playing cards with different uh, things. You randomly have something happen to the enclave you're in or stuff like that. I don't think Tiny Dungeon has many. They might have some, like loot cards or something. I didn't have those, if that's the case. <laughs> you get an introduction at page four. Uh, pages six through 19 is things like how to play, your test, obstacles, saving throws, combat, optional rules, death, sleeping, because that's a big thing. You do have to sleep occasionally. And then you're making a survivor, which is what you call them in your character, is page 20. And uh, you go through archetypes at 22. You have your traits. And you have different traits in this uh, separate trait. You have trait list, you have mutation traits, and psionic disciplines. Uh, a lot of the traits in the trait list are the ones you get from any D6 game we've covered, so I don't cover all those. There are a few others, outliers, because of the setting. And, uh, of course, the mutation and the psionic ones are way different. And then you get page 43 is game mastering all the way through uh, 77, pretty much, where you have more optional rules. This does cover vehicles and... Um, enclaves like you know your towns or whatever you decide to base this in uh, pages 47 is enemy charts and 48 is enemies i tell you because i know that's where you like to look at sometimes oh yeah tiny wastelands is a minimalistic tabletop role-playing game that delivers a satisfying game experience without books upon books of rules and options you will not find classes levels or experience points in tiny wastelands but they do have them as the optional rules so they actually have two different methods of leveling up. One's simpler than the other, or you can do without it if you just want to keep your character kind of as is as you level up and use items to level yourself up. In combat, you also have two actions. But there is some different actions you could take. Things like suppressing fire lets you make an attack at disadvantage every time an enemy enters the area you're suppressing. Of course, you have cover. All enemies attacking from one direction have disadvantage. I was mentioning the advancement and stuff in the optional rules. It has minimalistic advancement. To advance your character with minimalist advancement track, simply gain one trait every three sessions. A character can never have more than seven traits, though. Okay. That's fairly easy. And then you have the experience points option. At the end of every session, the GM will award experience. You may buy upgrades of the following costs. Six experience grants you a permanent increase to your HP of one. Eight experience grants you a proficient or mastered weapon. And 10 experience, a new trait. I do like that it doesn't give you the seven trait limit under experience points option, unless they assume you already read that top one and know that you only have seven. I'm not sure, but since it doesn't say, it looks like there's two separate options. They are two separate options. 
And one does not say you have a seven trait limit. So, so you can have as many as you want? I guess so. Like I said, it doesn't say. It's a, it's a gap in the rules. I'm sure there's a Reddit somewhere out there where somebody's asked that question. So what exactly are the traits? Um, traits are like what makes your character different other than the archetype you choose or species, kind of. Since there's mostly humans, I'll cover that in a minute. You can also have mutations and stuff, but traits just make your character different. Uh, hmm. Like I'm better at setting traps or I have great perception. What you do is you select an archetype when you create a character, three traits, a weapon proficiency and a mastery. You get your gear and credits, pretty much money, and a drive that keeps you going. Oh, here's the list of traits. Yeah. Now, a lot of those, like I said, are in Tiny Dungeon, the first one we covered. They, but the ones past that, a few in that list aren't because of the setting, you know, you're, you're not going to have a lot of magic stuff. You'll have other stuff because this is more of a apocalypse and not fantasy. Your archetype list, which is your basically your race or whatever you are. You have normals, which are run-of-the-mill average humans. Uh, start with six hit points and one additional trait from a trait list. So you get four total at the start. And then you have mutants, warped by whatever caused the apocalypse. They are distorted versions of humankind and tend to live in their own little enclaves, as they're not frequently welcome everywhere. And when you start this, you have eight hit points, and you can, can select up to three mutation traits. If you're a normie, you can choose like one mutation trait, I believe, according to that rule. And you can be a scavenger or those who wander the wasteland and the express intent to find lost bits of stuff and uh, putting it to use. You have the skill digger. You gain advantage on scavenging tests and you have seven hit points and you have survivor. You survive. That's it. You're the one who gets back up every time you're knocked down and you're always prepared. You have six hit points and uh, with always prepared, um, you know how to survive. You gain advantage on tests to find shelter or aid. Not supplies or scavenging, though, because that is for the scavenger. You have something to say. Well, if you really can have over seven traits, I can see why, because I didn't realize there were so many traits. Yeah, that's a lot. That's how you make your character different. Even after your archetype, you could further make it have more detail. It's a fun game. There's a lot of choice to make, and they're all fairly simple choices. You don't have to go through five books to find them, you know? D&D has them scattered everywhere. But of course, that's why some people like it. Pathfinder has even more. Then there's the wonder archetype. Wonders are those who move from place to place throughout the wastelands, just picking up the pieces as they go. They're unattached, and they have six hit points. And with unattached, anytime anyone tries to persuade you, intimidate you, or threaten you, they have disadvantage. Because I've seen everything. <laughs> Here's the one I kind of would like to play as. The crazy. Yeah, that's what I was getting ready to look at. Yeah. crazy. Well, I've already looked at it, but it's on my little list of things that it, I find interesting. Well, do you want to read it? Crazies are the nut jobs who love what happened. Driven mad by something, crazies just go and go and go, whipping around from one thing to the next, usually in a whirlwind of violence and blood. <laughs> Sounds fun. Yeah. Crazies look like anything. They tend to pierce themselves, tattoo up, and engage in all manner of dress that stands out. You'll know a crazy when you see one. Yes, they have six hit points and they start with the insane trait. Uh, you are insane. Whenever you would take a risk that would make anyone else pause, you gain advantage on the test. <laughs> Just, I'll charge over that cliff. I don't care. <laughs> All the cool kids do it. Yeah. And then you have the fixer archetype. Fixers are the ones trying to put the pieces back together. They take stuff the scavengers bring, and then they try to use it to better the lives of those around them or to gain power for themselves. Also, six hit points. And they start with the mechanic trait. Once per day, you can test with disadvantage to add one usage rating to a scavenged item. They have an amount of usage because, you know, everything's kind of broken. It's the apocalypse. And this adds one to that. 
Oh, and here's another good one. The tyrant. Tyrants are the ones who take over the settlements and the enclaves, forcing their will on the people, warlords and generals. The tyrants are stuck in perpetual war. Tyrants tend to dress better, tougher, or fancier than everyone else. They have six hit points, of course. And commanding. When you are attacked, you can impose your will on your foe. <laughs> I don't think you want to do this, sir. Some of the interesting traits I highlighted, we're going to go into the trait list now because that's all the archetypes in this. They have MacGyver. I don't recall seeing it in another one. It might have been, but it could have been in Tiny Dungeons or any of them. But MacGyver. Uh, engine oil has many uses. It also tastes great on salad. I know what to use on Joey's salad next time. Yeah, he'll love it. <laughs> and provided the right pieces, you can whip up a one-use item and aid your allies. It will grant advantage on one test, depending. I'm sure the DM would want you to make it be an item that would make sense to help them out for one thing or another. This would go good with the scavenger, I'm guessing, or the fixer, or maybe something that isn't got those two traits. You don't have a scavenger or a fixer and you need somebody to have that kind of skill. Then you have psionics. Also, I can kill you with my brain. You have psionic talent but because of your mutation. An ancestor who had a powerful talent or a neural implant that amplifies your latent abilities. We all know what psionics are. We don't really need to go into that. But here's a mutation trait list. Warped by whatever ravaged the worlds, something odd or unusual about you at a genetic level. Remember, you can select one mutation as one of your trait choices as a as part of character creation. Freaky, quirky reflexes or uh, genetic memory. Got a memory of screaming at me right now. It's basically your memories passed down like a bird's from your parents. You have bulging muscles, a third eye. It's kind of give you a perception increase. Bone spines. There's a lot of cool mutations like uh, I'm never disarmed. Uh, you can produce bone spines as a melee or ranged weapon. Mm -hmm. Or you can have scales and stuff, better defenses. Psionic disciplines include telekinesis, such as blast, hurl, shatter, and shield. There's a bunch of different ones. Telepathy, you can communicate, quail, view the weave of time, or unmake something. And then you have biomancy, which is a way of controlling organic stuff of your mind. Like organic shock as your attack enhances to make yourself certain things better basically any test actually better fast increase your speed heal you can heal yourself or others cryomancy is the skill of uh well freezing things there's a whole bunch of things here freeze i think there's one called glacial yeah you can make a, a target lose one of their two actions they're slower pyromancy we, we all know what pyromancy does there's a whole bunch of like burn ignite extinguish and combust uh, this is a fun little you know setting you don't have to add all these into your setting if you want it to be a more realistic setting you can take out the psionics and the mutations if you really want to take it out and just make a apocalyptic setting there's a ton of micro settings in the game did you see those like floodland <laughs> if only the storms had lasted 40 days and 40 nights if only the floods that came lasted the scant few months they did in the old stories the truth well our truth was much worse this is a water world setting pretty much you ever watch that movie the world is covered in water no okay well, that's what this setting was kind of like. Every setting has a few pages on it. I only cover the basics in the beginning. Mm. Then you have the ravenous green, another one that sounds fun. These days, the humans cling to survival in a world full of things with bigger tentacles, sharper leaves, and explosive pollen. Mutant jungles just beyond their city walls, barely held at bay with axes and fire. And the ravenous green is a micro setting for those who like to tell stories about lethal mammals, birds, reptiles, insects, fungi, flowers, vines, or trees. And probably think Australia is awesome. There's a giant tulip as an enemy. Yeah. <laughs> I like the green one. That sounds kind of cool, don't it? Mm -hmm. Like the happening kind of situation, I guess. Did you watch that movie? No. Okay. Trees all release like a pollen kind of scent that makes people want to 
injure themselves permanently. I thought that was the crazies. No, the crazies is a virus that crashed in a swamp from a military plane. Is it? Yeah. Okay, I watched one where the trees and the wind... That was the happening. Oh, okay, then yes, I watched it. Like people laying down in front of lawnmowers, which we do not advise. Do not do that, please. (laughs) No. And then there's the salvage, which inspired by Mad Max, Cowboys and Aliens, Fallout, Wasteland, District 9, Independence Day, V, The Dark Tower, The Border. Never watched that one. They came, they saw, they conquered. We didn't stand a chance. One day we were celebrating SpaceX. The next, our unintended invitation to anything out there was sent back with an RSVP to take our whole planet. I don't need to explain that setting very much. It kind of is an apocalypse due to an invasion. There's a bunch of others. Did you see any other you might like? Well, not setting, but I like the little quote for the opportunist. Okay. It says, one man's failure is another man's opening to stab the idiot who failed. (laughs) Yes. And there's also a trait where you can speak to animals. That's got to be a mutation or a psionic, doesn't it? It's beast speaker. I don't know uh, what else it is. Well, it could be anything. But that was also in Tiny Dungeon. Tiny Dungeon, it made a little bit more sense. Uh, it'd be very useful in the green setting, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. But no, that's all I really had to say about this. Because there's only so many new things compared to the original Tiny Dungeon I covered before. And it intentionally is a easy-to-learn book. Which is, like I said, why these are all going to be fairly short episodes. That's what these games are for quick, fast, as you've seen, leveling up is a optional rule, something that would take time starting another game. And it's so fun to play these. I would I would want to run this for just a fun day, uh, something, a setting you watched, or a movie you just want to sit down and replay a movie or a game like Fallout. I love Fallout. That's why I bought this, because of Fallout. <laughs> Most of my apocalyptic purchases are because of Fallout, including the Fallout RPG. But this one's more affordable, and it's all in one book. And if you really want to, you can get those cards. And if you don't want to, I think for a dollar twenty something, you can get the PDF of the cards and just have them printed out in layers of sheet. And then it says the cards are required on the back. Okay, then they are required. See, I don't know, but I bought them. That's probably why I bought them. I normally don't buy cards, and then they're Enclave deck, aren't they? Is that how that's pronounced? Enclave, yes. Okay, then yes. Which is basically your settlement. I'm guessing the cards cover. I didn't like. I said cover the cards, uh, but I'm pretty sure they are. What's going to happen? You pull a card for each day. What happened today? We're having a food shortage. Or maybe something good happens. It ain't all just bad things. But So it's pretty much a random... Yeah, it's uh, a random table you could have rolled on. Oh, well, that's kind of cool. <laughs> but instead they put it in cards. I guess so you'd have a reason to buy like cards. Like the chance cards in Monopoly, just a lot worse. Or, uh, or possibly a lot better. I didn't go through them all. I uh, don't know. I would have made it a I think that the... part would definitely be fun. Yeah. It would add a little spice. It is fun, but... When you're buying them, it's a little disappointing. You have to buy the cards, too. And if I'm buying print, I will buy print cards as well. Can you make your own cards? I'm pretty sure if the PDF, you can just put them on one big sheet and print out a bunch of them, like a few sheets of cards, and just cut them out and have your own little stack of cards. I'm not 100% sure, but there's a reason they sell the PDF for a reason, I bet. I I meant, like, couldn't you just make your own cards? Oh, yeah, yeah. Why not? Terrible things, good things that can happen. Myself, I would have made it into a rollable table, just a table you have a whole list of things that can happen, and you roll a dice to see what happens. Oh, that's a good idea, too. That's how most games do it. I don't know why the cards were made. I don't know Maybe why. Maybe they can... want it to be different. I like the card thing because like it makes it different. I money play, but... Well, yes, de- <laughs> definitely that, too. But... It might not be. I don't know. I don't know these people, so who knows? Well, it looks like the cards would have came with it. The, uh, no, I had to buy them separately, and see, I bought them mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure... When I you... feel like that, considering it says it's required and it is a game, it should come with the things to play the game. Because if you buy a board game, the pieces come with the game. Yeah. 
I think it's the reason, not that I think about it, it might have been the reason I was reluctant to get it because it required cards. Oh, well. I will add a link to the book and the cards from Drive RPG into the description of this. There will be affiliate links of sorts. But all it gets us if you buy is a little store credit to buy more stuff with. But um, it won't charge you anymore. I recommend it, even if the card thing. Uh, some people like cards. The it's... cards, like I said, they do, because normally it's just dice. Mm-hmm. So I think the cards do add, a, as I said, a little bit of spice. I would rather Something them, different to it. I would rather them have cards like this than a custom set of dice. Because then you can't just use the dice you have and you have to buy sets of dice for everybody at the table if you don't want to share. I'll have the links to these two in the description. It's worth a peek, if nothing else. Maybe look up some reviews. Uh, this isn't a review. This is more of a discussion, a explaining of what it is. A review is where people would talk more about it, about how the mechanics might not work or do work. I think the mechanics in this game are simple and easy to do, and I can't see many flaws with it. Some people, maybe if you want to play a longer foreign campaign, maybe find another game. But that does have rules for that if you want to do it. What do you think about this? Other than, the, I mean, just the cards. You, <laughs> <laughs> you just talk about the cards. I mean, it seems okay. <laughs> well, the cards, they, they stick out. I would uh, definitely want to play as a crazy, though. Oh, yeah. I might want to play as the... Um, I wonder if the crazies can speak to the animal. Why not? You get to pick so many traits, remember? Oh, yeah. Make a crazy that can speak to animals. Everybody just thinks they're crazy. <laughs> anyway... I had a lot of fun talking about this. I don't know. Maybe it's just the setting. I like apocalyptic stuff like this. If you like what you heard here, I'll leave a link in the description to a link tree. It will have all of our socials and uh, our main website there as well. The top link, it will take you to where all our other podcasts are. This is part of the Gruesome Gaming Group. And we have Leveling Duo. It's a podcast where my friend Dakota and I talk about video games we really enjoyed. We have Horrific History and Haunting. It's where my sister tells me about everything that's in the title. Weird things in history. Odd spooky stuff stuff like that or just tragedies that happen tsunamis other stuff and then of course after that you have our youtube channels and twitch if you want to watch us play games and uh reach out to us there'll be email in the description as well let us know what you think tell us give us an idea something to cover let us know what you have to say thank you for listening i've been ramey and i'm beth this has been prisoner's quest bye-bye <laughs>